John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you and you want to open them up, we're in the book of Nehemiah. Good to be with you all here today. My name is Pastor Jeremy Bass. Always good to be with you all here on a Sunday morning. Uh, we're nearing the end of our Nehemiah series. Uh, we'll be in this for the rest of the month of June. But we're nearing the end of the book of Nehemiah. We're in chapter 9, and Nehemiah is 12 chapters. And we're looking at this idea of rebuilding and how do we as a congregation rebuild and how do we as a church rebuild and how can we look at the lessons of God rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and rebuilding not just the walls of Jerusalem but as we've been talking about for the past two weeks uh, how does God rebuild his community how does God rebuild his people the the people of God how does the Lord build them up and that's what we've been looking at today we're in Nehemiah chapter 9 Um, But before we do that, I just want to tell a quick story, maybe tell a bit on myself. Uh, I am naturally a very forgetful person. Uh, Erica would probably tell you it is her least favorite thing about me. Uh, It's gotten me in a a lot of trouble over the years. I remember there was this one time, we were either dating, engaged, possibly even married. I don't quite know, because I'm a forgetful person. But I remember specifically the event that uh, I had to tell what Erica's birthday was. Not even the year, just like the month and the day. And we've been together long enough that like, I should have had it memorized. And I, we were engaged. Okay, so we had known each other for a very long time at that point. And I just, I, just, I just drew a blank. I was like, I can't remember what her birthday is. And uh, yeah, it was not a very good day to be Jeremy, was it? Uh, I forgot what her birthday was. I just couldn't remember. And this is someone that I had known and loved and was going to marry. And I just, I just couldn't remember what her birthday was. And I'm sure I'm not the only person in this room who has for- forgotten a significant detail in maybe their spouse's life or their, their parent's life or even a friend, friend's life or a co-worker. We all just have forgetfulness within ourselves. Some of us are better than others. Some of us are worse than others like myself. But I'm sure each and every one of you has a similar type of story like that. And so with that kind of in mind, let's turn to today's text, Nehemiah 9, verses 5 through 15, and then skipping down 36 through 38. Hear the word of the Lord. And the Levites... I'm not going to read their names, skipping down a bit. And the Levites said, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are Lord God. You chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. You found his heart faithful to you and you made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Jebusites, and 
Girgashites, and you have kept your promise as you are righteous. You saw the suffering of our ancestors in Egypt, and you heard their cry at the Red Sea. You sent signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his officials, and all the people of his land, for you knew how arrogantly the Egyptians treated them. You made a name for yourself, which remains to this day. You divided the sea before them so that they passed through it on dry ground, but you hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into mighty waters. By day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light on the way that they were to take. And you came to Mount Sinai, and you spoke to them from heaven. You gave them regulations and laws that are just and right, and decrees and commands that are good. You made known to them your holy Sabbath. You gave them commands and decrees and laws through your servant Moses. In their hunger, you gave them bread from heaven, and in their thirst, you brought them water from the rock. You told them to go in and take possession of the land that had been sworn with uplifted hands to give them. Skipping down to verse 36. But you see, we are slaves today, slaves in the land that you gave our ancestors so they could eat its fruit and other good things it produces. Because of our sins, its abundant harvest goes to the kings that you have placed over us. They rule over our bodies and our cattle as they please, and we are in great distress. In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting in writing, and our leaders, our Levites, and our priests are fixing their seals to it. The word of God for you, me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we look at this passage in Nehemiah, uh, I've read a selection of it, but the, the chapter just keeps going on where... The, the people of God are just recounting the story of God. There's really not any new information in Nehemiah 9. The people of God are surrounded in this great assembly. They're fasting and they're praying before God. And they're just telling God through prayer the story of his mighty acts to him. There's no new revelation here. It's just them remembering the story. The whole assembled people are remembering the story of God. And as we look at today, this idea of rebuilding, that we need to be a people who remember the story. We need to be a people here who remember the story. And so why is it at this moment in Israel's history, the walls have been rebuilt, they've celebrated, they've had a festival of joy like we talked about last week, and now... They're, they're in a state of repentance before God after that festival of joy, and they're recounting the mighty deeds of God. They're remembering how the Lord was faithful to Abraham and made a covenant with him. They're remembering the mighty acts of Exodus and the story of Moses. They're remembering how they, as the kingdom of Israel, were disobedient again and again and again to the Lord. They're remembering their history and their story. And so we need to ask ourselves today, when we look at our own rebuilding efforts and we look at what is God doing in our midst, we need to ask ourselves as we look at this chapter, who is it that is rebuilding? Is it the Lord that is rebuilding his community or is it Nehemiah? Is it Nehemiah or is it God? Right? It's tempted for us to think that Nehemiah is the one doing the rebuilding. After all, it's called the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah wrote the book himself. It's most likely his memoirs that he wrote down. He is the leader. He is the one who cast the great vision. He is the one that came into the people who were broken and destitute, and it was his energy and effort that made the walls get rebuilt. It's tempting for us to look at that 
and say Nehemiah is the great hero in this story. But like everything in Scripture, God is always the hero of the story. That's tempted for us to think that Nehemiah is the one who rebuilt, but in fact it's God the one who rebuilt Jerusalem. God is the one who gave the dream to Nehemiah. God is the one who gave favor to Nehemiah when he went and talked to the king. God is the one who protected his people as they rebuilt the wall. God is the one who rebuilt the wall supernaturally in 42 days, as the scripture says. That this is God's story about how God used an ordinary person to do his will in this time and place. And if God is rebuilding his community here, that if God is the true hero in the book of Nehemiah, not Nehemiah, then it's important to remember the story of the one who is doing all the work. And it's important for God's people to not recount the great deeds of Nehemiah, to not recount the greatness of Nehemiah, but to recount the greatness of God who raised up Nehemiah. The story of Scripture, as, you know, as we think about what a, a theology of Scripture is and why do we read the pages of Scripture, why do we encourage you all to be in the Word, it's because Scripture tells us about the character and nature of God and it tells us about the character and nature of humanity. That it's this revelation of God, it's this uncovering of the character of God, it's this inbreaking of the divine into human history. That these aren't just made-up stories that we learn good moral lessons from, but these are the inbreakings of a holy and righteous and powerful God into the daily, everyday lives of people that we read about. That when we read about the story of Nehemiah, we're reading about God inbreaking into his people in a certain time and a certain place and moving and working in their lives. That our faith story it's the story of God moving and working in real people, in real time, in real places. And we need to remember the story because I'm a forgetful person. Because we are forgetful people. I couldn't remember Erica's birthday after we'd been dating for, what was it, three, four years? Something like that? Close enough. I should have remembered it. I couldn't remember her birthday. Um, there are many aspects of our faith that I forget. I forget things all the time. We so easily forget the things of God. We so easily forget the stories of God. I don't know if you've ever done this when you're reading scripture and you'll like come across a story that you had just forgotten. You're like, oh yeah, I forgot that was in there. Or I forgot this aspect of the story that we are forgetful people. And so we need to be a people who are constantly telling ourselves of the great things that God has done in the past so that we can have faith in God and trust him in the future. I mean, just think about your own lives. Have you ever had a time in your life when God radically showed up in your life in a very powerful way, right? I'm sure we all have these moments, otherwise we wouldn't be sitting in this space where God mightily moved in your life. Maybe it was a moment when you were a child or a moment when you were an adult, but there's this sort of a threshold moment where you and God had this divine encounter. And do you remember every single detail of something like that happening? I remember whenever I have these moments or the Lord will speak to me in a powerful and profound way, I'll go and I'll usually tell Erica about them and she'll always say like, wow, that's so cool. Now go write it down. Because you'll forget it if you don't write it down. 
And it's one of my least favorite things that she says, because it's like, I don't want to take the time to go write this down. And I'm going to be honest, about half the time, I don't write it down. Maybe even more than half the time, I don't write it down. But what's interesting is then when I'll try to remember that story like a few months ago or a few months later or a few weeks later, you know, the, the, the details are a little, little fuzzy. Uh, that I can't even remember the own mighty movements of God in my own personal life. That I have to sort of think really hardly to remember the stories of God in my own personal life. Like if you remember a few weeks ago on Pentecost, I shared that the, the Jessica story of the Lord telling me to go and speak to that woman. Uh, I didn't remember any details from that story other than it happened. And the only reason I was able to tell you all that story is because I wrote it down because someone told me I needed to write that story down. And I remember as I was writing it down, I was like, this is so dumb. I don't need to write this down. Uh, this was such a profound moment in my life. Uh, there's no way that I'm going to forget this. And then just a year later, here I am trying to remember details and I can't remember any of the details. We are naturally a forgetful people even in the profound moments of God in our lives. And we need to be a people who constantly remind ourselves of the story of God because the story of God tells us about his character and his nature that when we remember the story of God like they do here in the book of Nehemiah, it reminded them of the character of God. And it allowed the people of God to then step into deeper faith is what's happening here in Nehemiah chapter 9. That's one of the reasons I believe weekly church attendance is so important. Not because I work really hard for a sermon every week and I like an audience. No, that's not it at all. Uh, it's important for me to weekly church attendance for my own personal spiritual life is because I am a forgetful person and I forget the story and I need that weekly reminder to sing the songs of our faith about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the God who has come and met me in my brokenness. I need that weekly encounter with the God who loves me and calls me deeper into himself because I am a forgetful person. And we are a forgetful people. And how quickly do we forget the story of God in our own lives? It's the reason every Christmas we preach the same sermon. Every Easter we preach the same sermon. We preach Christ coming on Christmas. We preach the resurrection on Easter. And on Pentecost we preach the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because we're forgetful people. And we need to remind ourselves of the story. And remember the story of God. Remember the mighty acts of God. And who is this God that has come. To rescue us from slavery. And set us free from bondage to sin. And death. We need to remind ourselves of that story. Because if God is truly rebuilding this community. If God is building us up, then we need to remind ourselves, who is this God that is rebuilding us? Who is this God that loves us and cares for us and cherishes us? Who is this God that has decided to not leave us in darkness? When we look at what it says in Nehemiah 9, notice how they tell the story. When they tell the story, they're summing it up, but they're also telling it in a way to remind God of his character. Verse 8, it says this at the end. You kept your promise because you are righteous. That when they tell the story of Abraham, they tell it because they remember that God is a God who keeps his promises because he is an unchanging God. Verse 10, it says at the end, 
You made a name for yourself which remains to this day. That I say, tell the story of God pouring out signs and wonders over Egypt. And they remind themselves that God made himself known to the Egyptians in a powerful and mighty way. And that continues on for the rest of the passage. That as they tell the story of God, they remind themselves this is who the God that we serve is. The God who is faithful. The God who is trustworthy. The God who does something as the overflow of his character. Because as scripture reminds us in Hebrews, the character of God is unchanging. And when God acts, when God does something, it flows from the very heart of God. Unlike humans where we, you know, maybe say, is this really coming from a genuine place or is this coming from a false place? That with the Lord, we never have to doubt where is his character coming from. That his actions reflect his character. He is trustworthy, he is unchanging, and he is fundamentally good. And as we remember the story of God, as we tell ourselves about how God has worked in our lives, how God has worked in the story of human history, as we remember the story, it builds up our faith. As we remember the story, it builds up our faith. Look at Nehemiah 9, verse 32. That after they tell the story, this is what they say. Now therefore, our God, the great God, mighty and awesome, who keeps his covenant of love, do not let all of this hardship seem trifling in your eyes. The hardship that has come on us, on our kings and leaders, on our priests and our prophets, on our ancestors and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until today. That they tell the story of God and then they say, Lord, look at us in our distress. Remembering the story of God builds our faith. Lord, we are in the middle of a trial, they cry out. Lord, we need you to come and do it again. Lord, rescue us again. Lord, let our hardships not seem trifling in your eyes. Lord, see us for we are a people in distress and we remember the story of God in the good times so that way we have something to hold on to in the bad times. We remember the story when we're in the midst of trial because we can learn about this God that we can trust in the middle of our trial. When we look at Uh, As we prepare our faith, we prepare our faith for the trial and not for the triumph. We prepare our faith for the bad times, not necessarily the good times. In the good times, we remember the story of God. We celebrate and dance in the light so that in the darkness, we remember the days of light. We remember what it's like when times are rough, when times are bad. That remembering our story prepares us for our suffering. It's one of the hard realities of being a Christian that I'm sure if you've lived long enough, you're well aware of. Being a Christian doesn't spare you from suffering. Jesus says that we live in a broken and fallen world. In fact, Jesus says that in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. That we live in a broken, fallen world, a world where trials and sufferings come our way, a world where the walls of Jerusalem get broken down, a world where we get betrayed, a world where the things that we hold dear get taken from us, a world where we experience real, deep heart anguish in our soul. 
That's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when these trials come. That when these trials come, what do we fall back on? Do we fall back on the story of God? Do we remind ourselves of the faithfulness of God? Do we remind ourselves of all the ways that God has been faithful in our lives? Do you fall back on the story of God? On the reminders of his goodness and faithfulness, even in the midst of an evil and fallen world, in the middle of our suffering, what is our foundation? Is our foundation, as Jesus says, made of sand, or is our foundation made of rock? That, the, that story that Jesus talks about, that the wise man built his house upon a rock and the foolish man built his house upon a sand, and then when the winds and the waves came, when a mighty storm blew through, that the house built on sand collapsed because its foundation was made of sand, but the house that was built on the solid rock stood firm in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the, in the waves, in the midst of the wind, because it was built on a firm foundation. Friends, that is the image of the Christian faith. That is the image that I think Nehemiah is getting at here, that what is the foundation that the people of God are going to rebuild on? Are they going to rebuild on the promises of God? Are they going to rebuild on the nature and character of God? Are they going to build their lives on the solid rock, on the story and character of God? Or are they going to rebuild it on the things of this world? And when we look at our own faith and we look at our own lives, we all need to fall back on a different part of the story depending on where we are in life. Do we need to be reminded that God is a healer? Do we need to be reminded that God is a loving father who waits for his children to return home? Do we need to remember that God is a mighty warrior and a God of justice, a God who makes everything right? What part of the story of God do we need to remind ourselves of today? Because each part of the story fits our lives depending on where we are in our suffering, in our trial, in our circumstance. And here in Nehemiah, as the walls are rebuilt, as they tell the story of God, they're telling uh, the story that the people of God are falling back on here in Nehemiah are about the faithfulness of God, the God who keeps his promises the God who calls his people to faithfulness and obedience. That is the story that they are retelling here in Nehemiah. What is the story that we need to remind ourselves of today? What is the foundation that we are building on? I want to invite the band back up, and I just want to pose that question for us today. What part of the story do we need to remember? Are we building our story on a person like Nehemiah? Are we building it on someone like me? Are you putting all your hopes in me? Because that's a foolish endeavor. I am much too weak to build on. Are we putting our hopes and faith on this person to rescue us? Are we putting our hopes and faith on maybe this celebrity pastor or whatever person that will one day fail us? Or are we rebuilding our lives on the bedrock of Jesus Christ, the unchanging one, the never-failing one, the one who can be trusted, the one whose character and actions are intricately linked together. I think I said this before, this quote before. It's my favorite quote. Do not forget in darkness what you learned in days of light. Do not forget in darkness what you've learned in days of light. It's easier said than done. But friends, as we gather together as the church body, as we gather together as a family of faith, 
We need each other to remind ourselves of the light of Christ, of the goodness of God. And I want to just speak for a moment for those people who feel like they're in darkness, who feel like they're in Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah, that the walls of their life have been torn down, that all they look around at their life and see is ruin and devastation. If you feel like you're in darkness, remember the story of God. As the Gospel of John says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. That God breaks into dark places and lets his light shine like the noonday sun. If you feel like you're in darkness, I'd love to pray with you during our closing song. But friends, just maybe take a moment and just silently pray before the Lord and just ask him, Lord, what part of your story do I need to remember today? What part of your character do I need to see today? And trust that God is faithful. God is good. Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.